Hello, greetings, welcome to the next episode in this series on recovery issues. And we're, we're talking about recovery in a very broad sense. Uh, we're not talking about recovery just in terms of addiction, which is usually when uh, people say recovery, they're kind of talking about you know, recovery from addiction or recovery from some medical uh, illness like cancer or something. We're, we're really broadening this term recovery so that it has to do with mental illness, addiction, family problems, uh, you know, unhealthy attachments to things and um, all sorts of issues that are part of our human uh, condition, our human lives. Uh, and so uh, this, this, uh, this video and podcast series deals with these uh, issues in a very broad sense. And I hope that that's helpful uh, for more people to look at it that way. Um, so that you can you can find a benefit no matter what the issue is that's uh, causing you to tune in. Today's topic uh, is one that I get asked about uh, fairly regularly. Um, how do I deal with family members and friends? Uh, I'm in recovery. I'm working on my issues, but they're not, uh, and that's creating some some problems. So how do I deal with with these family members and friends uh, that I love and care about, but they're, you know, they're doing their own thing and not in recovery. What do I do? So we're going to cover that today. Um, I'm Dr. Ken Buckle. I'm a psychologist in Texas uh, and uh, executive director of the nonprofit counseling agency called Grazia Plena, uh, which is in the Houston area. Uh, so I'm very happy to have you tuning in today. Uh, whether you're watching on video, uh, on the YouTube channel for Dr. Ken Grazia Plena, or if you're tuning in on the podcast, just the audio only, uh, which can be found on a number of different platforms. Um, before we begin, uh, we will always start with an opening prayer, and we also start with a few moments of stillness and quiet. Why? Why do we do that? Well, because this world that we live in is such a noisy, busy, filled up, occupied uh, world with so many distractions. Um, many of us are multitasking, right? We're doing 10 things at one time. Uh, it makes it difficult for us to focus on, on any particular thing and be fully present to it. And so uh, my opinion is that if, we, if, if you want to get the most out of this material, and that's true for any material that you're studying, any anyone that you might be listening to. Uh, we need to be really focused and clear away distractions. And so in the opening prayer, we'll have a few moments of silence and stillness and quiet to let those other concerns of life uh, take a back seat for a while. Uh, put those, those worries, those fears, anxieties, um, you know, interpersonal problems and relationship struggles, put those on the back burner for just a few minutes to be fully present to this material. Uh, and so we'll have this pause for just a few seconds of stillness and quiet, and then we can say the opening prayer.
So let's begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you're watching on YouTube, you can join in with me on this, the prayers on the screen. Holy Spirit, we call upon you now to join us in this hour in a special way. We ask for your wisdom and healing. Encourage and inspire us with clear thinking, understanding, and truth, and fill us with the deep and satisfying fire of your love. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, so if if you're watching on YouTube, then you might want to know about the podcast. The podcast or something new. Actually, this YouTube video is new too. This new stuff that we're doing since uh, the, the COVID has changed life. Uh, so we're doing these weekly YouTube videos and these audio-only podcasts. The podcasts are called Encounter with Dr. Ken, and that uh, that's found on a d- number of different platforms, Anchor, Breaker, uh, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and Spotify. Um, so you can tune in and just listen to the audio, and some people like that because you know, they're cleaning the house or they're taking a walk and they listen, you know, while they're doing those other activities. That's fine. Other people like to watch the YouTube video, which has the PowerPoint slides uh, and you can, you know, pause it and take notes and things like that. So just whatever, whatever fits with your preference in terms of uh, audio video or audio only, you're welcome to join us. And uh, I try to release these new episodes uh, on Thursday evenings, but I frequently miss the miss the mark. Just like like this week, here it is Saturday afternoon. I'm just getting these uh, released. Uh, sometimes things get very busy at Grazia Plena, and uh, and we don't get we don't get this released on Thursday evening. Sometimes Friday morning is you know I'm trying to get things. These, these out to you before the weekend so that you have more time on the weekend to enjoy them and study them. Um, and I already can see that next week I'll probably not be able to get this uh, this next episode next week out on Thursday, um, but I will definitely have something for you hopefully next weekend. Um, I think it may be easier for you to keep up with it when they actually get uh released if you subscribe. So if you subscribe to the YouTube video, then when uh, when the next episode is released, I think you get a notification. I think the same thing happens with those uh, podcasts. If you subscribe to them, then you'll know as soon as they hit. So um, feel free to s- subscribe and tell your friends and see if they enjoy this material as well. Um, so let's get to it. Uh, when family and friends are not in recovery. So let's begin to look a little bit at this and consider a few things on this point. Uh, I always like to start by reminding us, uh, let's let's remember who we are and why we're in this situation that we are. Um, God's humans are created by him, um, but we're fallen, wounded, broken as a result of our free will choice. And Yet we are amazingly and surprisingly redeemed, uh, thankfully, by the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. So, yes, uh, we are made in God's image. We are, we are wonderful, wonderfully made. 
Uh, we are beautiful creatures, God's crowning creature uh, of, of all of his creation. Um, but yet we're, we're broken, we're fallen uh, because of our, our choices, our, our kind of rebelliousness, um, thinking that we might live life without him, that we want to do what we want to do. Uh, that creates some brokenness and trouble for us. Um, but we have hope because we're redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Amen. Thanks be to God. Uh, so that's the good news. Um, we might desire and wish that we ourselves and our family and friends would all be perfect, right? Wouldn't that be wonderful? Um, but of course, we're challenged to admit and accept that we are not and they are not yet. Uh, we're not yet fully recovered and per perfect. Um, so that means that we have we have trouble, you know, and, and we have family dysfunctions. Families are messy. I think Pope Francis said in his, uh, in his uh, writings, families are messy. Families are wonderful. They're the cornerstone of our communities. Um, we're so thankful to have families to be part of, uh, many of us, and uh, to have some friends is a wonderful thing as well. Um, but we get into conflict with family and friends from time to time. When, when, our, when our close relationships are really good and they're intimate and life-giving, then that's the most wonderful thing. The most, they're actually healing, they're life-giving when we have good relationships with families and friends. But when they go bad and they're difficult and they're conflicted, uh, it's so painful. It's so painful to have conflict with a family member or friends when things are not well, when we get estranged and so forth. And there's anger, resentment, there's hurt, feelings, and so forth. So painful. And uh, because, you know, we love those people and those people, we hope, love us. Uh, so we really suffer frequently because of the wounds and the pain of family and friend relationships that are not going well. Um, so they can be so great. They can be so painful at the same time. Uh, the good news, the hopeful news, and I, I always want us to remember that there is hope, is that with God's grace and our cooperation with the healing process through taking action, uh, with the support and the guidance of other people around us, we can experience, we can experience a deep and remarkable transformation. We can have a spiritual awakening. We can have healing. Um, in other words, there is hope. Recovery works. Um you know, Jesus' mission of teaching and healing that he started when he walked the earth, uh, that has continued through the work of the church. God's grace continues. Jesus' healing continues, just like those healings that we read about in the Gospels. Those things continue to happen today uh, through the work of, of people and through the work of the church and ministries and so forth. Uh, there is hope. Recovery does work. Um, because of our afflictions, um, they may uh, th these things that we struggle with may have caused our focus to turn in on ourselves. Uh, we may not even notice what's going on with family and friends before we enter into recovery. So if, if I have an addiction to pornography, for example, then I might really get isolated because of that. I, I may even reduce the time that I spend with family and friends. I may not even feel worthy uh, because of my shame to have relationships with family and friends. Same thing with depression. If I, if I get 
depressed or really anxious, then I might I might get preoccupied with myself um, and not paying and not pay as much attention to others. It's very common to be isolated. Um, if I have cancer, then I might have to really pay a lot of attention to my self care and my cancer treatment and so forth. Um, and then I, I can't attend as well as I normally could to family and friends. Um, and so there's there's an interesting thing that happens in recovery. As I, as I get healing and recovery, then I start to notice more what's going on around me. And I'm open to be able to, to see what's happening with, with a, a loved one or friends. Um, I'm, I'm able to engage with them again. Um, and I have a, an increased freedom to love because I'm making progress in recovery. And so often what's, what's happening is we're not even noticing the, the, the pain, the difficulty, the struggle of family and friends around us because of our own issues. That's one thing to consider here. Uh, another aspect of it is that in our excitement about our recovery, in the, in the healing that we're finding and experiencing, the progress that we're making little by little, gradually, uh, we, we may start to really feel hopeful and relieved and so thankful for that, that we want the whole world to know about it. Uh, we want to tell everybody uh, we're just so enthusiastic. We start telling people, hey, I'm a recovering alcoholic, and we, and we want people to join in with us and, and experience what we've experienced. Um, and this is kind of a natural thing. This is a natural occurrence. Uh, for a good example of that, uh, see the Gospel of John in chapter 4, and you'll, you'll see the, the woman that goes and tells the whole town, it says, that she tells the whole town she's so excited about meeting Jesus and, and the healing that he's brought to her. She tells the whole town, the whole town uh, becomes converted and believes in him. What a wonderful thing. Uh, we can get really excited about recovery too, and so... You know, we, we start then to approach our family and friends who may be having dysfunctions and problems and maybe they have their own afflictions and addictions. And, and we start to say, hey, you know, come do what I did. You know, uh, we, we want them to experience the same healing, of course, which is which is uh, right and, and proper, really, for us to want that for them. Um, but they might not be ready. They might not be open. They may not be willing to hear. Uh, sometimes they're not willing to hear it from us because they don't trust our recovery. Maybe we've hurt them uh, in, in the things that we struggled with in the past, and so they don't want to listen to it from us. That That's common. Um, so our in our excitement and enthusiasm, there's a good aspect to it of wanting to share our testimony and our experience of strength and hope, um, but there also may be an aspect of it that offends people, that pushes them away. Uh, that creates uh, difficulties and problems for us. We have to recognize that and and pay attention to that as well. Um, so let's think of some other aspects of um, important things uh, on this topic of when family and friends are not in recovery. Um, in our recovery, we may recognize how we've harmed others and we may wish to reconcile with them. Uh, sometimes that's possible, sometimes it's not possible. Uh, sometimes it happens gradually over time once they see uh, that we're making progress, that we're coming out of our depression, um, that we're uh, coming off of our addictions, that we're making true progress there. And then uh, it may be that if we come to them remorseful and, and humble, 
um, and genuine that we might be able to repair some of those relationships. Sometimes not. Sometimes they're still angry with us. Sometimes they're still hurt and they're not quite ready. And we need to be patient uh, with that process and, and uh, the possibility of forgiveness in the future. Um, and that, that might uh, be an issue uh, when our family and friends are not uh, in their own recovery and they're, not, they're still struggling with what's happened. Um, we may more clearly see through recovery um, how we have allowed others to mistreat us uh, as we start to get healthy, as we start to come out of our struggles. Uh, we might recognize that we've been mistreated in the past, um, and sometimes we allowed that because we didn't have respect for ourselves. So I, I hear this from, uh, from people that are recovering from all kinds of different afflictions, um, that, that they, they, they didn't uh, feel a certain self-esteem or self-respect, um, and so they allowed people to walk over them, to mistreat them. Um, and it wasn't until they started to get healthy, they started to find their, uh, their self-esteem again, uh, that then they recognize, oh, you know, you, I, I really shouldn't allow you to treat me that way because that's not, that's not proper. Um, and so that can create struggles with families and friends who, who are not um, in recovery either. We have to be patient with them and, and hope that, that perhaps they'll begin to treat us in a different way if we start to treat ourselves better. Through recovery, because we came, we came to understand that nobody could force us ourselves to change, then we, we may learn and accept that we cannot change others. We cannot change our family and friends. And so we can begin to, to reduce and let go of this desire, this almost demanding uh, that they get into recovery, that they would change also uh, these impulses and temptations uh, to, to pressure our family and friends to make the changes that, that we ourselves are trying to make. But, but we recognize that, you know, we, we, for a long time, we ourselves were not in recovery. We were sick. We were uh, dysfunctional and so forth in so many different ways. And, and it really wasn't until we ourselves uh, took, took charge, took action, sought help. That's when we start to be able to, to change. That's when we started to be able to change, to be open to change. And so we have to recognize that while we can invite our family and friends uh, to make some of the changes that we have, uh, we can't force them. Uh, and that's painful and painful and painful uh, to, to see that and to recognize that. But we know it in ourselves, so we can recognize that in them. Uh, sometimes we, we can only pray for them uh, that the Holy Spirit would give them the insight and the graces uh, to see the changes that they might need to make. Um, when we start to get into recovery, we may begin to have healthier boundaries for the first time. Um, so we're not taking responsibility for others. Uh, we're taking responsibility for ourselves. Um, sometimes uh, if we're really codependent with other people, uh, we may learn from our recovery process, counseling, uh, spiritual direction, the 12-step programs, other, other aspects, other ways. We may learn to detach with love if we're really codependent with others. Um, and and this, uh, this maintaining healthy boundaries, this detaching with love, 
um, can create problems in relationships, actually. It kind of upsets the normal uh, routine. It upsets the normal relationships that may be dysfunctional uh, because we're starting to get healthy. And so we have to recognize that the things are different and that may create some problems temporarily. Um, detaching with love does not mean I don't care about you, the other person. It means that I'm, I'm going to allow you to have your emotions, your feelings, your behaviors, um, and I'm going to take care of my emotions, my behaviors, and so forth. Uh, we're not going to be codependent. Uh, we're going to strive for a healthy and, and interdependence. Uh, we're going to strive for healthy boundaries uh, so that we can be in the best possible relationship in the future. Uh, finally, um, we can do our best to not be distracted by what others are doing around us and keep the main focus on our own issues. Um, I, I'm reminded as I think, think about this, uh, the gospel message from Jesus in Matthew chapter 7, uh, when he's talking about uh, the person that's so concerned about the splinter in the other person's eye, when they themselves have a whole beam, a whole big wood plank in their eye. Um, and it's human nature to do that. It's human nature for me to be more concerned about what other people are doing, what their issues are, and uh, to kind of ignore and not even see often uh, the things that I have to work on. Uh, and it's even more interesting to me as a psychologist that sometimes the, the splinter in the other person's eye is actually the very same beam that's in my own eye and I don't even see it. So, for example, um, I might accuse somebody else of, oh, you're, you know, you're being really controlling, you're trying to control me, you know. Um, but what I'm not seeing is that I have my own control issues, right? And so uh, that's kind of ironic and unfortunate and uh, problematic. And so we can remember uh, to focus on working on our own issues uh, and to not be uh, as concerned about what's going on with other people. That's, that's proper. Uh, the 12-step community suggests that sometimes we may need to change uh, our people, places, and things when they're triggering and tempting us so as to continue our progress and recovery. So uh, if, you know, if, I'm, if I'm working on making some changes and the people around me um, are, are trying to drag me back or put me back in the same way I was before, because maybe they're uncomfortable with me changing, or maybe it calls attention to their own issues because I'm changing. Uh, sometimes, unfortunately, I have to stay away from those people, places, or things uh, temporarily until I get a little bit further in my recovery, a little bit stronger, um, and then maybe I can go back around them, or maybe I just have to leave them behind. Uh, hopefully that doesn't happen with our families and friends, uh, family members and friends, but sometimes it might. Um, so, you know, if there's, if there's dysfunction in a family, like several unhealthy things going on in a family, one person starts to change, um, because they're interacting with family members, uh, it may really create, uh, stumbling blocks for them. And so they may have to back away temporarily, uh, so that they can get healthy themselves. Um, I also want to just mention that as, as we learn patience, um, 
with family members and friends. Uh, we learn patience with our own self too, and we grow in humility as we do that. So if, if I'm having patience with a family member who's not in recovery or a friend who's not in recovery, um, that can teach me humility. And that's, that's a good thing to grow in this virtue of patience. Uh, and then last of all, uh, I just want to call attention to uh, St. Paul's letter, first letter to the Corinthians in chapter 12. He's talking about we are one body, a beautiful uh, description of Christ and the church. Um, but he, he, sa he says things like, if one of us suffer, all of us suffer. And isn't that so true in families, in small communities, and groups of friends? If one of us suffers, we all do. If, if one of us is healed... Um, we all rejoice in that, and we all benefit from that. Um, and so, yes, uh, our family members and friends may not be in recovery, um, and so we suffer with them. Uh, we suffer sometimes because of that, uh, and sometimes they've suffered because of us not being in recovery in the past. Um, but if one of us is healed, then, then we rejoice, and we hope one day that our family members and friends might uh, through the work of the Holy Spirit, be brought into recovery and healing uh, that would be so wonderful to them, and then we, we too can rejoice in that. So those are just a, a few thoughts for, for you on this topic of, um, you know, when family members and friends are not in recovery with us. Uh, I hope you've been able to benefit uh, just a little from that, and it's given you some things to think about and pray about. Um, I want to mention, as I always do at the end here, that we have a list of resources on the Grazia Plana website, uh, graziaplanacounseling.org slash resources. Uh, we'll take you to a page that has uh, some COVID resources first, and then it has some uh, resources for uh, working on chastity issues like uh, pornography and infidelity. And we, we have quite a few resources on those topics, uh, you know, sex addiction kinds of topics, because it's so prevalent today in today's world. Uh, I think pornography is, is uh, vastly uh, expanded during the COVID because so many people are stuck at home on computers. So we're seeing pornography use just through the roof um, and probably also uh, marital affairs infidelity is also probably increased, unfortunately, during the COVID time uh, because of temptations. And so we've got good resources for you to consider on chastity uh, on the website. We hope you check that out and share it. Uh, we always close with our St. Michael the Archangel prayer. And so um, you probably know it. So please feel free to join in with me in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who roam throughout the world seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Very good. Um, the next episode that we'll have next week uh, we're going to look at the difference between abstinence and sobriety. Uh, some people think those are the same thing, right? And so we'll talk about the difference. It's kind of a, a, a fine, uh, kind of a nuance there. Uh, we'll talk about that. And again, 
don't don't think it's just abstinence and sobriety, you know, from alcohol or marijuana or porn or something. Uh, but we're 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 going to try to think in terms of broad uh, broad terms of mental illness and unhealthy attachments and other things. Uh, so we're going to we'll, we'll keep the focus uh, broadened out, not just on addiction issues. Um, I hope that uh, that you'll share these videos and podcasts. Uh, I encourage you again to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes and so that you'll know when they come out. Um, Grazia Plena is a 501c3 uh, faith-based nonprofit charity. Uh, we always have a tight budget, uh, always. From day one, we've had a tight budget. Uh, that's the way it should be, and that's the way we expect it to be, and that's perfectly fine with us. We rely on God's providence uh, to keep us going, and Grazia Plena has been going at about eight and a half years almost now. Uh, we rely on donations. We, we charge service fees for our counseling and things, uh, but we also mainly rely on donations uh, for, for making, making our budget and making it uh, successfully to continue. Um, so you could say that the community owns Grazia Plena because we wouldn't exist if it wasn't for the support of community through donations. Um, we'd like to get this content uh, on these uh, ep episodes for recovery issues. We like to get it out free to you without any charge. We hope that that will open up the access and more people can get to it. Um, but if you feel inclined uh, to give a donation, we're certainly happy to receive that always. Uh, again, our website, graziaplanacounseling.org, uh, has a place on the top, a blue banner at the top. It says donate. Uh, that will take you to our e-giving page. Uh, and you can put in a credit card. If you don't feel comfortable entering the credit card, you can send us a check. We'd be happy to receive that. And uh, we thank you so much for that support. Uh, so take care. Today is the Saturday, the Feast of the Assumption. Um, uh, we honor Mary as a, a special uh, person in humanity, um, that, that she died and was raised from the dead and, and uh, taken up into heaven, body and soul, uh, because of her, her uh, special uh, role in being the mother of God, the mother of Christ. Um, and so we're celebrating that today, the Feast of the Assumption. Uh, so we ask uh, our Blessed Mother to watch over us uh, and protect us and lead us to her son. Um, she is gratia plena, full of grace. Ave Maria. Grazia Plena. Uh, take care, stay healthy, and we'll see you next week.